What we do as speech coaches is to help people be much more engaging, effective, and confident speakers. We don't coach people to be something they're not. We coach them to be the best versions of themselves. Does your audience want information, a lot of logic? We are communication coaches, speech coaches. We have a lot of different hats. We here want to help people. We want to give them tips, tools, and techniques that would make them more impactful, more effective, and build their confidence. We know each other well as friends and also in terms of our expertise as coaches. That's why we're together here with you. Welcome to the Speech Queens. Do you need to be more effective, interesting, and successful both professionally and personally? Well, you've come to the right place. The Speech Queens are here to elevate your communication. Now, here they are. Lori Schloff, Tori Hollingworth, and Janine Grabley. Welcome, welcome. We are the Speech Queens. My name is Janine Grabley, and I'm here with my fellow sister queens, Tori Hollingworth and Lori Schloff. Hello. Sister Queen kind of has a strange connotation, although I get it. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it kind of does. Sister well, wife, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. We are communication coaches, speech coaches. We have a lot of different hats, but basically what we do is help people be better speakers, be better communicators. And often people don't even realize what that means, communicating. Whether you're a leader, you need to give a formal presentation, running a meeting, talking at town hall, giving feedback to one of your employees. All of this is communication. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about presentation preparation. That's right. People don't realize you actually need to prepare. A lot of listeners, I'm sure you're thinking to yourselves, oh, no, actually, I want you to think about who do you find as an engaging speaker? Who do you think is an engaging speaker? And what we do as speech coaches is to help people be much more engaging, effective, and confident speakers. And often when we're working with people, people come up to us and say, you know, I really want to speak like so-and-so. I really like the way XYZ speaks. I don't want to give any names. Do you find that? Uh, I do. And Mm -hmm. I have a love-hate relationship with that Mm. comment because when a client says that, I think, okay, is this achievable? Number one, like if someone says Mm -hmm. they want to speak like a, you know, a Barack Obama or something, I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. uh, that's a high bar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then also our mantra, if anyone's listened to our podcast or worked with us, is that we want you to be the best versions of yourselves. We're not here to change who you are. We're not acting coaches. So Mm -hmm. I would say if it's authentically possible for them to reach that standard, yes, that's a go. But sometimes it's not, and that's kind of a tricky a tricky situation to master. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I often find people think great speakers are natural-born great speakers, and they're not. It's a skill. It's something I have to drill into people all the time. What do you think about that, Lori? Do you find that, that people just think, oh, we were born great speakers? Well, you know I love trivia, but this, this is actually a statistic. In terms of giftedness, okay, gifted in math, being an Einstein, about 0.5% of the population are gifted, meaning, yes, 0.5% of the population can get up and give a frickin' speech. The rest of us, 99.5% of us, 
have to work our tails off to be good. And quite frankly, I think when we've had clients like this, at least I have, who have said, oh, Tori, I'm a great speaker. I don't need coaching. I could be a speech coach just like you. And that's when I get nervous because I think, oh, no, this person's very cavalier. They're not going to take the coaching well, and they're not going to practice or take it seriously. Mm. And that's when the mistakes happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I was just thinking about, so, for example, when we are working with people who are speaking at a conference, I have worked with people, and they need to speak in front of a few hundred or thousand people, and they just think they're going to wing it. They do a little bit of preparing, but they don't really put in the preparation that is needed, making a circle back to the focus of today's podcast. Yeah, I get so nervous if if somebody says they wing it. Mm -hmm. I think those are very feared words Mm -hmm. among speech coaches. Yeah, because because they think they know the material they don't need to practice. So everybody, there's a difference between being knowledgeable and being good at speaking about that knowledge. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Think about technical folks and delivering technical information. This is where we come in to help. You know, you can't go deliver a technology or technically uh, oriented presentation to someone who's a business minded person who doesn't understand it. You're speaking another language, essentially. So it's your job to synthesize that down to layman's terms and organize it in a way that makes sense to the listener. Or you're just not going to win the account or you're not going to translate in your message. Right, Mm -hmm. just because they think you're smart doesn't mean they want to engage with you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Great point, Tori. And that brings me to people in their preparation, they need to know beforehand who is the audience, who is the listener or listeners. You need to really understand or know beforehand who you're speaking to. As you said, if you're very technical, if you're in the finance department, but you need to talk to marketing, you need to really pivot your communication so the way the marketing people can understand it Mm -hmm. and take it in Mm -hmm. and take away what you want them to remember. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's all about customization. And that also is when you're speaking to influence. Mm -hmm. You customize it to the needs of the listener. How are they motivated? How are you going mm-hmm. to get them mentally over the fence to either do something or not do something yeah. or take your mm-hmm. recommendation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I screwed up royally early, very early in my Pardon career. Pun. Oh, oh, yeah, very I good. I forgot. Queen. I'm a queen. Oh, so when you goodness. screw up, it's not just a screw up. It's a royal screw up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was even before I was crowned. <laughs> anyway, so do you want to hear this? Yeah, I'd love to hear this tragedy. Story. This tragedy. I I was asked to speak to a group of teachers about communication, and I did my homework. I researched everything about communication in the classroom, and I I want to say I was good. I really gave a good talk, and I didn't feel like I was getting a friendly response. I went to the principal, and I said to him. How do you think it went? He goes, mm-hmm. and then he said, you know, teachers hate hearing about research from Harvard. Uh-huh. They want to hear more practical tips. And I learned my lesson. Interesting. I thought it was important to know everything. Right. But that's mm-hmm. not what they wanted or needed. Lori, I was just telling someone the other day a very similar story that translates, but it's to one-on-one coaching, which we do as well. It took me a few years within my career to realize how to approach a one-on-one session. So 
I used to think when I was new in my career that I had to prepare down to the nub and have all the the tools in front of me Mm -hmm. and a timed agenda Mm -hmm. and go in there and say, this is what we're going to cover today. Somewhere along the line, I realized it was like this epiphany, the magic way to enter the conversation in a one-on-one coaching situation is, hi, Barbara, how can I be helpful to Mm -hmm. you today? Mm -hmm. Because I might come in with an agenda of what we're going to cover And Barbara might say, this is all well and good, but I have a high-stakes presentation tomorrow that I'd like Mm -hmm. to run through with you. Mm -hmm. What's on your mind? You know, what's so interesting, it's the combination of being prepared. Like, in other words, you you eventually had your whole toolkit. Your brain is full of possible tools that she might need that particular day. And not being wedded to them and being able to pivot and say, okay, what would you like to focus on? Originally, we had thought that we were going to prep for performance reviews for delivering or receiving feedback. But instead, this presentation became an issue and it's in the forefront. So Mm -hmm. we're going to drop that initial predisposition and go straight to what her needs are in that moment. That's great. And that's actually something I learned from you, Tori, because I used to go into the my coaching sessions the same way. So there's, yes, like Laura was saying, there's a difference between being prepared. Us as communication coaches, we have our toolbox. This is our area of expertise, and we are able to pivot based on the needs of the client in that moment. And you, when you want to be a better speaker, or you want to be prepared to present, you need to practice you need to, you know, kind of have your toolbox, and that's what we do with our clients. We give them the same toolbox that we use. Correct, ladies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we empower Absolutely. our clients to pivot. Uh, if you know, I know Lori mentioned in another mm-hmm. podcast, if time runs short, what's your plan B? Exactly, exactly. And I find, too, with my clients who need to give what I call a formal presentation where they need to actually, like, stand up in front of a group and do a PowerPoint, I know my answer, but Lori and Tori, that has a ring, when you're working with clients that need to give a formal presentation, in their preparation, what is the first thing they usually do? How do your clients generally prepare? Before you, what do they usually do? They come to you with what? The slides. Exactly. Yes, the slide deck. That's the exactly. last thing they should be doing. Exactly. That is the, so that is a big takeaway, folks. When you need to give a formal presentation, the PowerPoint is the last thing you should do. You need to do a lot more preparation before actually doing the PowerPoint because the PowerPoint is a visual aid. The key word is an aid. Mm-hmm. So you need to be thinking about what is the key takeaway that you want your listeners to, to walk away with? What is the real purpose of your presentation? What is it that you, who are the audience? We talked about earlier. Who's the audience? Who are the listeners? These are some of how the How are you going to organize it? How are you going to organize it? Thank mm-hmm. you, Lori. Tori. Tori, sorry. Oh, my god. Easy goodness. to mix us up. <laughs> Lori, Tori. <laughs> no, these are, I agree with you, Denise, 100%. And it's funny because uh, a lot of times we'll, I'm sure we all have the same experience where a client will reach out and say, hey, I've got a big presentation to, uh, to, to give next week and I'd love to meet with you for 90 minutes or two hours. Uh, I've already done the slide deck and I'm like, oh, geez, mm-hmm. that's, it shouldn't be your speaker notes. It shouldn't be your structure. It shouldn't be the driving force mm-hmm. of the presentation. You should be the driving force. And as you said, Denine, it should be an aid. You know, Lori, I think you had this statement that I love. I've heard many times. We want you to be the best visual in the room. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I have another mantra. Okay. Mind, paper, mouth. Meaning most adults benefit from thinking of something, getting some notes on paper, and then out the mouth. I like that. I like that a lot. I find that I need to physically write something and then I remember it much better. Much better. 
Now, going back to who you think is a really good speaker, always remember they have prepared. They have thought about beforehand all these different elements that need to go into their preparation. They've thought about what type of you know, speech or presentation am I giving? Is it informational? Is it technical? Is it motivational? What are some other type of speeches out there, ladies? Persuasive. Persuasive. Very good. Mm-hmm. Educational. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. Excellent. It's so true. I find also that sometimes I'll say, okay, I'll just start with something simple like, so why are you speaking? And mm-hmm. half of the yeah. clients are like, uh, yeah, I don't right. know. But if you don't know why, <laughs> hey, don't show up. Mm-hmm. We won't miss you. So I think it's important to know to orient your brain and say, okay, why am I speaking and what's the goal here? And that's step one in terms of the preparation process versus the dreaded death by PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Now, Queens, I'm... No, I was going to say, I know we're going to look at um, some modern politicians. Mm -hmm. I have a Daniel Webster story. Apparently, Daniel Webster could get up anytime, anywhere and just give a great speech. So someone said to him, how do you do it? How do you come up with the right things to say all the time? It's amazing. And Daniel Webster looked at this person, a young man, and said, young man, I've been preparing for that speech my whole life. Very good. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And they didn't have PowerPoint back then. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Before we get to our little clip of uh, Politician, a very quick question, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are thinking this. They're saying, okay, great, Queens. It sounds wonderful to prepare, but I don't have time to prepare. So my fellow Queens, how would you respond if someone, if a client said to you, what if I don't have the time to prepare? What do I do? That is such a common refrain. And it's true. And I empathize. So what I do is I work with my client to see, do they have five minutes? Can they try this? You're at a meeting. Tori and Deneen are gabbing away. Well, I'm going to think of what I might say next and just make a couple of notes. Again, mind, paper, mouth. So use what you do have. You will get better at preparing in five minutes, three minutes, two minutes. But do something Absolutely, 100%. And also, another idea is, and I tell this to my clients as well, is think about what you're going to say if if you're short on time in the shower or when Mm. you're driving your car or sitting on a subway. Uh, Run through your mind what the organizational piece will be, what the customization aspect is, what the goal is, and what you want the key takeaways to be. I love that. I love that. And it's almost like it came to my mind, like vi- visualization. A lot of sports players, they will actually like visualize themselves going out and, and playing tennis. And I do that when I know I have a, a workshop the next day that I kind of, same thing in the shower, I go through my mind. Okay, this is what I'm going through. Here's my agenda. Here's what I'm going to. Here's how I, in my, my mind, I prepare when I'm in the shower driving to the workshop. It's also a helpful technique for visualization for fear of speaking. Mm. You visualize yourself in the space. You visualize yourself presenting effectively and confidently. Confidently mm-hmm. and well. So you're almost in that space mentally before you walk in the room. Mm. I like that. I love that. I love that. You can practice also out loud, which is how people think of practice. And you're also saying, Tori, that you can practice in your brain. And you can do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't matter if there are people around you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can still practice. Great. Now, I know us speech queens, we love to talk, and we could talk for another hour, no problem. But we would love to get to looking at a Kamala Harris 
uh, clip here, and we're going to analyze it for our listeners. I want to thank the people of Iowa, because ever since the first trip I played here as a presidential candidate, you have been informing and helping me be a better candidate, and you undoubtedly will help me be a better president. So I want to thank you. In fact, one of the first meetings I had was a meeting with a group of teachers here. And, 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 and that, during that meeting, you said to me, hey, Kamala, you know, this issue of teacher pay you've been talking about is a national issue. And it was because of the conversation that we had that as my first policy proposal, I am prepared to make the first federal investment in the history of our country in closing that teacher pay gap. I thank you. And so that's just, that's part of the backbone, part of the backbone of what I believe needs to be done right now, which is to make the case. All right. Now, first, I would like to emphasize that we do work on both sides of the aisle as communication coaches. Now, I'd like to get my fellow queens input. What did, uh, what are one or two things that Kamala did quite well? I like Kamala's style. I think she has energy. When I compare her to the other candidates, she has more of a range of facial expression. Mm. She's also very attractive to watch. Uh, and again, I hate to be superficial, but we all are. Well, what I mean, do you mean she, by attractive to watch? She has great hair. Mm. Okay. I, facial expression. Um, she wears appropriate clothing, though I have talked to a stylist who sometimes thinks her, her buttons are a little bit too tight. Here she, in the clip that, that we were watching here in the studio, I thought she might have walked around a little too much. She could stabilize. Well, the camera person couldn't keep up she, with yeah, her. She yeah, she could stabilize a, a bit she more. She was pacing. We call that the caged yeah. tiger. Yeah, and the issue of youth is, has come up a lot among the candidates in terms of whether you know Biden and Sanders are too old. Mm-hmm. And I think she does project a youthfulness. So very that's true. a positive. And unlike Bernie Sanders, she actually smiles, mm. which is very pleasing mm-hmm. and smiles appropriately in the beginning. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here, et cetera. There's something she does that's interesting to me, and I am not sure if it works for her or against her. I'd love to get your opinion. She uses a lot of presumptive language, meaning you probably heard she said, as your future president. Mm. So part of me says, yeah, that's presumptive, that's very clever. And then another part of me is like, that's a little arrogant. You've got to earn the, the vote. You're not there yet. So uh, I, I'd love to know what your position is on that. Does that play well, do you think? Or do you think it's a risky strategy? I think that's a, a really good point. Like a lot of things, I, I feel there's, there's a fine line. that There's one thing to be somewhat presumptive, but you don't want to be so presumptive that it comes across as arrogant. So I think finding that line between, you know, using it here and there, but not too much. There's she a, uses it a lot. So okay. I, I, you know, of course, I have the you know, news on a lot, and I'll see different clips of everyone. I would say right. nine times out of ten, she refers to herself as a future president. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I think okay. she strategically thought about that. I know, but it's like when she hit Biden over the head in the debates. Mm-hmm. That can come back to bite you. She strate- yeah. was strategic mm-hmm. in that moment as well. Right, But you right. can be too strategic for your own good. Right, which reminds me, maybe a great topic for a future podcast would, would be the candidates, or in general, gender and communication. I like that. Mm -hmm. Because it is going through my head, is the presumptiveness somehow a a little strong? And maybe we, 
I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't react so much if it came from a male. I, I actually don't know, but clearly she has chosen to be Embrace assumptive. That. She she's, has, em, she's embraced it. She's either been coached on it or it comes naturally to her where she wants to be presumptive. And I do have to say, if I meet with someone about some training, I might say, uh, when we work together, right. mm. we'll focus on. So there is a value to it. Well, but you don't say, as your future speech coach. No, no. Right. <laughs> As your future, just next, saying, the next ten there's years. There's a way to say things, and then there's a way to say things, right? Exactly. We, now, yeah. I have a, I have actually a question for you, Lori, because I know this is one of your areas of expertise. Her breathing, I find sometimes when she's not breathing, mm. you know, diaphragmatically, that she's she's catching her mm. her breath. Do you no, find I think that? that's a good observation. What what are you noticing? So I, noticed, I, I didn't have my glasses. Oh, okay, on. no. So I I was noticing that she'd be speaking, she'd sing a few sentences, a and piece. then she has to she pauses and. And then she goes on to her next thing and, and pauses. And right. I don't know if it's just if it's right. her energy. She's just so excited. But my guess is she's just not breathing correctly. Interesting. She so we call that an audible inhalation. Okay. And Donald Trump has issues with. Well, he has the breathing, breathing. with the nose. Yeah. So mm. she also has some dry mouth. You can hear that where she's, mm. you know, the swallowing and the smacking. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Well, thank you, fellow speech queens. Ending on swallowing and smacking. <laughs> Jeez, Lori, for goodness sake. <laughs> to no spitting. your own no spitting. podcast, to, for goodness sake. Okay, to give a quick recap, I have a feeling my fellow speech queens could talk all night. Now... When you are communicating, think about preparation, preparation, preparation. Just like a real estate agent thinks about location, location, location. Next time you are communicating, think about preparation, preparation, preparation. 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 Thank you for being with us. And we look forward to having you listen to our next podcast, which will be just as amazing and informative as this one. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being with me, Lori Schloff and Tori Hollingworth. Thank you, Deneen Grabley. It's a pleasure. We love the Speech Speech Queens. To get in touch with the Speech Queens, check the show notes for this episode for all of their contact information or visit pod617.com slash queens where you will find more information about the Queens and the full library of podcasts. Thanks for listening.